everyone, and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and I'm here this evening with my co-host, Tyler. Yes, who will now be breaking his vow of silence. I promise to be quiet for the first few seconds. And you did well. Yeah. I don't mean to be such a slave driver like I am at times, but you did very well mm-hmm. just sitting there in silence. Well, usually I just prattle on endlessly. <laughs> Well, so for our first-time listeners, uh, to kind of give you an idea of what we do here on Classic Vinyl Podcast, we listen to a classic album from the vinyl era mm-hmm. of the 60s and 70s right before we go on air. Yeah. Uh, most of these albums I've had the chance to listen to and own, and I've listened to them for years. Uh, but Tyler, on the other hand, has heard a lot of the radio hits on mm-hmm. these but is being introduced to new songs and i would say most of the albums we've done so far you have been introduced to some new songs i think every album that we've reviewed so far there's been at least one or two songs at, at the very least that i haven't heard before and that's good i mean it's good to get your take on them and you know yeah. the interesting thing is a lot of these albums i've listened to for years and years but putting them on putting them on the turntable and actually listening to them in the manner of hey we're going to review this kind of sheds a different light on them for me as well so yeah it's an interesting take and we've got a lot of albums to get to we've got a list of a few hundred of them we want to get to common ones that people have heard and some not so common ones that will be coming up soon and and i have a lot of opinions about all of these and funny enough so do i but, you know, we'll also take requests that you can email us in, and we'd be glad to review an album. So, you know, feel yeah, free to do that. We're not that hard-nosed. But tonight's album's a pretty good album. Um, it's from one of the most famous bands in rock and roll history, the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover Let It Bleed. Yeah, this is uh, this is quite the, the popular album. It's, uh, it's one of my favorites of theirs, which is why I mm-hmm. chose it for this evening, but... You know, it's yeah. they've got a lot of good albums and a lot of good songs. Yeah, this isn't by near anywhere near their first album, but boy, it's a it, there's a lot of big hits on this one. Yeah, and you know what, I, I I really do love the Stones. I mean, the Beatles are one of my favorite bands, and I don't like that play of you know who's better or whatever. I like the mm-hmm. fact that we can have both of them. Yeah, to me, that's what's important because we've we've talked about that before why why have one band i mean yeah there's a lot of stone songs i don't like and there's a lot of stone songs i love and that goes for the beatles that goes for the doors the who cream whoever you want to talk about right Mm -hmm. it i like the bands but i'm definitely an album guy you know when i get on spotify and everything i i play everything in album order i'm still used to that and it's the way i like hearing things so i don't like shuffling Mm -hmm. too often yeah, this was um, this album was my very first clear vinyl record. Yeah, I have to. I have let it bleed in clear vinyl. Yeah, which it's it's not a bad sounding vinyl actually. So no, it was uh, quite enjoyable. And and inside the cover it said this needs to be played loud, so we played it loud. Yeah, we we're, we're obedient. So for people that don't know, which I assume most people do know the history or the basic history of the Rolling Stones. We'll go through a few little things here. Uh, They were formed in London in 1962, so this this band's been going strong for six decades. I mean, they are still going strong, still touring. Uh, Mick Jagger's in excellent shape. He dances all across the stage, which is pretty amazing for an 80-year-old man. 
Yeah, he must have quite the workout routine. <laughs> I, I know he has something, but mm-hmm. it keeps him going. And, yeah. you know, I have a friend that went to him a couple years ago and says they're worth every penny. Mm-hmm. I myself have not seen the stones, and I hope, you know, they come in our area one more time because, you know, the, the kind of bands I love, unfortunately, they're all dying off. Yeah. And I don't have as much chance. You know, I've seen The Who a couple times. I've seen mm-hmm. a couple of the surviving members of The Doors. I've seen Paul McCartney t- a couple times. Mm-hmm. going to go see Ringo Starr this summertime. Yeah. Uh, but most of the bands that I love and know from the 60s and 70s just simply aren't around to go see. Yeah. Um, Keith Richards still around. Uh, I'm thinking he's probably going to outlive us all. Yeah, that is if he's alive. A lot of people yeah. think he died years ago. Yeah, that's pro- that's very probable. I mean, he's probably just pure cocaine, uh, just kind of triggering his nerves. <laughs> well, everybody says how old he looks, but if you look at pictures of him from the late 60s, he's he yeah. was an old-looking man then. Yeah, he always looked 40 years older than Mick Jagger. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. So the Stones are made up of, of course, Mick Jagger is the lead vocalist. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, they had Brian Jones, who was kind of the leader of the band, who played multiple instruments. Yeah. You know, uh, Obviously, Keith Richard, who played guitar, Bill Wyman, who played bass, and Charlie Watts, who played drums. And Charlie Watts actually just died about a year and a half ago at 80 years old. So. Yeah. I, I believe they're just touring with a touring musician now. They haven't replaced mm-hmm. him with a band member. Yeah. But I have heard news that Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are actually recording with them, which is kind of strange after 60 years yeah. they're finally going to do something together as a band. I, did uh, Paul and Ringo run out of other things to, to do, other projects? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe since Charlie Watts died... Uh, the Stones needed a drummer, so here comes Ringo, here comes and Ringo. if Ringo's coming in, Paul might as well. You know, I'm, I guess it's good that we're getting this, right? Yeah. For me, loving both bands as mm-hmm. I do, it's it's good to see, you know, some kind of compilation by the group. And I, mm-hmm. it remains to be seen what it is. I don't know if they're recording yeah. one song, putting an album together. It would be really neat if they did an album and did a tour together. I mean... Yeah. Uh, regardless of... What comes out of this? Come, uh, what, what, what would you call it? Collaboration? Yeah, yeah. It, I, There's going to be a whole lot of money. It would. It'd be really neat if it was a full album mm-hmm. and they were to tour together. And yeah, I. That would be something mm-hmm. amazing for me. But, anyways, getting back to the kind of basic history, Brian Jones, you know, got way into drugs and had some men- mental issues, and they mm-hmm. actually fired him during the making of this Let It Bleed album. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. only featured on two tracks. He joined the 27 Club shortly after. He, he did. Yeah. Mick Taylor replaced him uh, during this album. So Mick Taylor's on all the, I believe, all the songs except two of them. Um, I wonder how they did. Uh, do they think they call him Jagger and Taylor because there's two Micks? Or is that, is that, ra- that that's kind of racist to say there's two Micks in a, in a British band. Yeah, I... I don't know. That sounds like, yeah, because, I mean, mix is like a derogatory term. It for, is if you're using it that way. Yeah. But, you know, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were actually childhood friends. And, and funny okay. enough, uh, kind of going back to the Beatles a little bit, Decca, the record company that rejected the Beatles, mm-hmm. who I'm sure they're very sorry about that now, uh, yeah. they actually were the ones that signed the Stones, which... I guess if you don't get the Beatles, the Stones are a good consolation prize. And I don't even know if I'd consider it that. You know, to mm-hmm. me, and I'm going to say it one more time, mm-hmm. is 
us as music lovers or anyone as music lovers just ought to be happy that we do have the Beatles and the Stones, not one or the other, you know. And even if mm-hmm. you don't like one or the other, uh, I would think you could at least appreciate what they've contributed. Yeah, um, you know, regardless of if you're a fan or not, you you're gonna know at least some of their songs. Yeah, and you're probably gonna like them too, whether you admit it or not. Yeah, I think a lot of them. I mean, but there's a lot of Beatles haters. There's a lot of Stones haters too, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and generally, it seems like they happen to be fans for one camp or the other, which is unfortunate. But yeah. So the Stones' first single uh, was a Chuck Berry song called "Come On." It released mm-hmm. was released and reached number twenty one in the UK charts. Um, and their second single, funny enough, was "I Want to Be Your Man," which reached number 13 in the charts and that's actually a song that was written by Lennon McCartney wow. for the Stones and Lennon and McCartney later recorded it as well. Mm-hmm. I I do prefer the Stones version to the Beatles version. Okay. On that. Um so but their first number one hit was It's All Over Now. Uh it was a cover of a Bobby and Shirley Womack song. And it's not a bad song, but that was their first hit, number one hit in the UK, which kind of got them going, you know. Okay. And it wasn't until their second album, which was the Rolling Stones number two, really a mm-hmm. classic album name there. Yeah. Um, it was the first one to hit number one in the UK. Now, that album only hit number five in the US, but that's pretty decent, you know, mm-hmm. for a second album. So It really is, especially considering, like, the record that we're seeing between or the track record between the United States and Great Britain, a lot of times you're going to see number ones in Britain and the United States, they don't just go, or they don't seem to go as high. Yeah, a lot of, you know, when we talk about the British invasion and everything, these bands hit it huge, obviously, Mm -hmm. in Britain, but, you know, it took some of them a while, and some of them didn't even hit it over here, you know, strange Mm -hmm. enough. But, you know, it's interesting, and we're lucky that they did finally break in the u.s because we weren't churning out a ton of great music at the time here in the u.s but no you know in early years uh mick jagger and keith richards weren't really writing they were doing mostly covers but i think it was the beatles that kind of urged them to i wouldn't say specifically urged them but from listening to what the beatles were doing what their success was is when keith richards and mick jagger started doing a lot of the writing together and they became a pretty powerful combo um, monkey see monkey do there you go and the first jagger and Rickard, richard single that they wrote together to reach number one in the uk was the last time i don't know that song very well but it was the first one and obviously mm-hmm. in the summer of 65 their first worldwide hit number one everywhere i can't get no satisfaction yeah still their top selling song of all time mm-hmm. you know i think everyone knows that it's been used in movies and shows and tv commercials and everything and you know a lot of the songs people recognize from the early 60s are like 19th nervous breakdown um, mother's little helper paint it black as tears go by Uh, some of their later ones late 60s early 70s are jumping jack flash sympathy for the devil uh Mm -hmm. i think it's street fighting man honky tonk Mm -hmm. man gimme shelter can't always get what you want Mm -hmm. um you know those are the later 60s and Obviously, the tongue and lips logo, yeah, that you see the the famous Rolling Stones that that was pretty much featured on all their seventies and later's out seventies mm-hmm. and later albums. All right, 
So, and that's pretty well known. A lot of people with that tattoo out there. Oh, yeah. It's a very iconic uh, logo. Yeah. yeah. It, very iconic. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll know some of their later songs from the later 70s, Brown Sugar, Wild Horses, Beast of Burden, Shattered. Mm -hmm. They've got, got good music. They even went into disco a tiny bit. But yes, they did. We'll try and forget about that. But uh, Mick Taylor actually quit the band in 1974 and was replaced by Ronnie Wood. Uh -oh. And he was famously in the Birds and the Jeff Beck group and Faces, uh, so he was a fairly oh. famous musician. And yeah, he joined him in 1974. Uh, they've had a ton of comeback tours, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, or I don't know. I'd say last tour, but they've had a ton of comeback tours, and they've just been probably, if not one of the most, the most one of the most popular touring bands that have ever been around. Yeah still racking up i know i think it was in 17 18 and 19 i believe they were the top grossing live band mm -hmm. and they should be for how much they charge yeah they but, um they didn't get themselves into nearly as much uh, hot water with the public uh, by saying that they're more popular than jesus but um yeah they so you know, performing has still been a safe thing for them. Yeah. They haven't angered the uh, the Christian right. Well, and you know, over their tenure, they've released 30 studio albums, mm -hmm. 23 live albums, wow. 12 compilation albums, totaling over 350 songs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're the fourth best-selling group of all time. Wow. And I think that's behind the Beatles, Elvis, and I can't remember. It might be Led Zeppelin. I'm not really sure. But okay. a lot of that's debated, too. You know, I Could mean, be Taylor Swift. And I hope not. <laughs> so they've sold over 250 million albums worldwide. <laughs> so uh, they're a fairly successful band, we can say. I'd say so. So... Um, yeah, even if you don't know the Rolling Stones, which uh, you're lying if you don't, uh, you know that there's a, a, a magazine that bears their name. Well, and they're so tangled in popular culture. I mean, you can't watch a movie, a TV show, a commercial or anything without hearing a Rolling Stones song of some sort, right? Oh, absolutely. They're all over the place. So it's they're an amazing band. I've always loved them. Um like I said, I love them alongside the Beatles. And that's why we're doing Let It Bleed tonight. So we'll get on to the album. Uh, Let It Bleed was released on November 28th of 1969. So it's the eighth studio album by the Stones. Wow. So they'd, you know, they'd been at it. And by this time, they were writing most of their own material, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it was produced by Jimmy, Jimmy Miller. Um you know, he had famously produced Steve Winwood, Blind Face, Spencer Davis Group, Traffic, all kinds of other groups. Oh, wow. Um, another guy you'll notice the name of that we've talked about on other podcasts, the engineer was Glenn Johns. You know, mm -hmm. he's been involved, obviously, here with the Stones, the yeah. Beatles, the Who, all kinds of bands. I mean, mm -hmm. just he's one of the main engineers of the late 60s and 70s. And uh, assistant engineer was Bruce Botnick, funny enough, and he was involved with the Doors quite heavily. Okay. So, you know, and like I said earlier, Brian Jones, you know, because of all his drug use and his absenteeism from the recording, he was fired and replaced by Mick Taylor in July of 69. I think he's only, you know, like I said earlier, he's only on two songs on this album, and Mick Taylor's on the rest of them. And yeah. Mick Taylor stayed with him for another five years until he quit. <laughs> so 
Nikki Hopkins, who we've talked about in other uh, episodes with some other bands. He played a lot of piano and keyboards on this uh, mm-hmm. this album. And he, he's just a great session musician, and he's been involved with some of the most popular bands, you know. Yeah. And uh, so this album reached number three in the U.S. as all, and number one in the U.K. Um, and strange enough, they didn't release a single from this album. That surprises me. Yeah, it's 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 definitely straight album driven, and you know, yeah. which is more of a common thing, you know, nowadays. But <laughs> you know, people release singles, but they're on the album, you know. Yeah. And at the time. You, well, like what the Beatles were doing and some of the other uh, British bands where they'd release a couple singles and then release the album, but the singles wouldn't be on the album, right? Yeah. It's kind of an interesting way of doing things. But mm-hmm. um, this Let It Bleed was inducted in the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2005. And, you know, des- deservedly so. I don't know what took so long, but yeah. I don't know how they figure all that stuff out, and I don't know what it means anyways. Sounds like the Rolling Stones been real busy people and... Uh, it's a fitting name. The Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Uh, these guys are, they're all over the place. They're, yeah. So maybe they had to wait that long just to get them to settle down to get them in one place. Well, I mean, they're entering their seventh decade. Yeah, as a band, <laughs> and it, I mean, when you think of that, that's just crazy yeah. and amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, the majority of Let It Bleed was recorded at Olympic Studios in London. Um, okay. A lot of the vocals were recorded at Electra Studios in L.A., which is mm-hmm. where the Doors recorded all their albums. You know, that's who they were signed to as Electra, okay. yeah. and that's I think where Bruce Botnick comes in as a assistant engineer. So, yeah. And one interesting thing, and I was showing you this album beforehand, is the cover art on this album. And this is what makes yeah. vinyl stand apart from digital music and even CDs for that matter, and especially tapes. Is the cover art yeah. to hold that cover art in your hand is what makes vinyl mm-hmm. so special and it, i think it's why you've seen a resurgence you know why the last few mm-hmm. years vinyls outsold cds you know yeah. it, it's right now the most popular physical media there mm-hmm. is which is kind of strange you know yeah well they're what about 15 inches square these uh something like that yeah, but i mean 40 years mm-hmm. after they pretty much 40 years yeah. after they quit Mm-hmm. doing a lot of vinyl i mean yeah because uh, the vinyl was replaced by cassette tapes mainly or, or i mean may, maybe the eight track you still had vinyl tapes. in the late 80s and stuff like that but yeah. it pretty much died off and then cds started mm-hmm. coming in but you know the cover art's really interesting because it's a and if anyone's aware of it it's like an old antique phonograph right and yeah it's got a bunch of items stacked on top of each other there's a there's a clock there's a pizza mm-hmm. a tire and it, it's all topped off with a cake with a bunch of little figurines on top of it that are yeah. supposedly representing the rolling stones right yeah but it's, it's a pretty cool album cover and you know that i think that was what was one of the neatest things about going into a record store and picking up an album and just mm-hmm. seeing that art you know i i love getting some of them at the secondhand stores and seeing the art people have added to them sure you know so yeah because you get a little bit of this with cds but cds are i think five, five inch square so it's not nearly as clear on the detail yeah it's not a piece of art in the same way no, you know? I, i'd say maybe the closest cd that's come to iconic uh album art would be nirvana's uh never mind yeah never yeah. mind yeah well you know and so this was the last uh rolling stones album actually released in mono 
And the mono is actually just a fold down version of the stereo, but it was still mm-hmm. the very last album they ever released in mono. So, huh. and another kind of key fact about this album is Rolling Stone ranked it as high as number 41 in the top 500 best sell not best selling but the top mm-hmm. 500 albums of all time and i think that was in 2020 i think when it hit number 41 but if anyone's familiar with the rolling stone list it changes every yeah. time they release it every year every two years mm-hmm. or whatever so it's but still it ranks up there pretty high and i don't disagree with it, that at all it should be up there pretty high once you once you hear all these songs uh, you'll understand why it's there and it's the reason i chose it for tonight so mm-hmm. So let's get into the album, side one. Uh, it opens up with a fairly popular song that I think most people know or are aware of, or at least when they hear it for the first mm-hmm. time have probably heard it, because this yeah. this song has been covered by a number of bands. Uh, it's been covered by Grand Funk Railroad, U2, Mary Clayton, mm-hmm. um, oh, numerous, you n- too. numerous others, yes. Mm-hmm. Not me, but you, you know the band. Yeah, Bono. But Bono's band. But this this song has been featured in a lot. I mean, I was looking up the list. Oh, and yeah. It is a laundry list of TV shows and movies. You know, Goodfellas, Casino, mm-hmm. that '70s show, The Simpsons, Dexter, all kinds of shows. This has been in, and we're yeah. There's there's a lot of actors out there working today that don't have filmographies as long as this song. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true, and of course the song is "Gimme Shelter." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, which I I don't know this song by the title "Give Me Shelter." I know this song as "Just a Shot Away." Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, one thing I love about this song is I love the intro. Yeah, I I don't know why it's just you know it's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and it, it this song just gives you a feeling, and you know, this was a song written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. And supposedly it was about war, murder, rape, fear, those kind of things. I don't, yeah. you know, read into it what you want. Like I've said many a times, I'm not a huge lyric guy. You try <laughs> to listen to the lyrics, but I know you probably had a harder time with that on this Th- album. This one was a tough one, mostly because the the lyrics blend in so well with the um, instruments. Well, and the the Stones are kind of notoriously hard to understand their lyrics, you know. Yeah. Or, well, have, you, have you seen Mick Jagger's mouth? <laughs> you think his lips get in the way? Yeah, huh? I think so. <laughs> they they are though. Notoriously, it's hard to understand exactly what they're saying. I'll go back and look at some of the lyrics. I'm like, of songs I've listened to for years and years, and thinking they're one thing, and then, yeah. oh no, they're they're something else. Yeah, you know, completely. Which it's, makes me wonder why they pronounce things the way they do. Yeah. So speaking of Rolling Stone, the magazine, they they actually rank this song is number 13 this is in their uh list from 2021 number 13 in their top 500 songs of all time so they're putting this song is that's up there yeah this is pretty Um, much up there yeah a song that sings rape murder (laughs) it's just a shot away (laughs) yeah let's put that up very high yeah when i was talking about who covered this mary clayton is one of the people who uh Mm -hmm. covered this but she's actually the guest vocals on this song when you hear the female vocals Mm -hmm. in the song you know it's just a shot away it's her that's screaming yeah and she's a supposedly a famous soul and gospel singer Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be completely honest with you 
I've heard of her before because of this, yeah. <laughs> and that's about where it ends well, for me. How steeped are you in soul and gospel music? Not as well as I should be, I guess. Me either. Yeah. But Nicky Hopkins, again, he plays the piano on this song. He plays um, the crap out of he the does. piano. Yes, he does. The, from the intro, and then I would say for me, mm-hmm. the guitar solo on this is the quintessential Rolling Stone sound. Oh, absolutely. It, it's... It's perfect. This this song, if you want to listen to Rolling Stones, number mm-hmm. one, this album, but this song is kind of the quintessential yep. Rolling the, Stones song. This is the Rolling Stones song. Yeah. Now, I say that kind of strangely, I guess, because when you talk about the early stuff, that's a little bit different. But this yeah. is this just, to me, epitomizes the Stones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is... Uh, if you're going to stick a pin in the Rolling Stones, this is where you stick yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. This is a great song. I don't have any complaints about and, it. And it's weird because the rest of the album is so bluesy and... Uh, country. Country, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is very much a rock and roll song. Yeah, it is. And from the intro to the guitar solo to just everything fits perfect in this song. Yeah. And I guess that's why it's ranked so high. I guess that's why it's been in so many films and TV shows and commercials and things. And yeah. I really don't have anything bad to say about this song. What are your thoughts? Um, it, it It's a song that really tackles some big topics head on. Uh, it, now, here it, you go again it, with it, your lyrics. Well, yeah, it headbutts you with, I mean, well, the, don't, you may not understand most of what the lyrics are, but rape murder, war. I mean, these are huge uh, topics. And it tells you, yeah, it's just a shot away. Like, the the whole so- of society um, was just teetering on the brink of, like, revolution. So, yeah, all these things were really just a shot away. Almost kind of like where we are today. Yeah, exactly. So we're moving to the second song. Yeah. On the first side, Love in Vain. Um, yeah. Stolen from Robert Johnson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a cover on the song, I believe, or I mean on this album. I believe it's the only mm-hmm. cover on the album. Um, you, I think you're I right. I think everything yeah. else was written by Jagger and Richards. So, um, this is very much a blues song. It know. is, but it's. I love the acoustic intro to this, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a slower version of the blues yeah. with, with kind of a soft acoustic guitar throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's got a really pretty blues uh, electric gu- mm-hmm. electric slide guitar solo through the yeah. middle of it, and really sounds like a train. Yeah, I've I've heard the Robert Johnson version of this song, and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound the same. But funny enough, yeah. the estate of Robert Johnson sued the Rolling Stones for this song for their oh. portrayal of it, and yeah, which is you know him. Uh, th- this is. Uh them appropriating his culture i'm guessing so yeah but the stone settled out of court or whatever for it mm-hmm. and it was without but yeah so you know, th- th- this is robert johnson after he sold his sold to the devil at the crossroads right oh, yeah. because, because it's good it's it's actually yeah. probably his grandchildren <laughs> that were just trying to collect some easy money yeah because it was his estate it wasn't him but mm-hmm. you know this is a good song it's yeah. it's a good just slow little blues acoustic number yeah the, good album track i don't see it being real remembered you know i don't i don't think no. it's gonna break any records or anything but like that i'll tell you if you're ever driving through louisiana on a so, on a hot summer afternoon 
and you're passing by a bayou, this is the the theme music you want playing. Oh, not, and this song is like the theme song of Louisiana. Not give me shelter, huh? No, not 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 giving shelter. Because I'd be searching for shelter. You probably should, but this one just feels like a Louisiana bayou. Yeah. So for me, good acoustic intro. It has good slide guitar. It's it's slow but it's good for a blues song you know a good album track and that's about where i'd leave that one at exactly so next song um i'm gonna preface this by saying this is my least favorite song on the album okay um country tonk country honk country (laughs) Country tonk Mm -hmm. country tonka truck yeah but country that would have been a better song it would have been yeah but you know this this is basically the original version of honky tonk women Okay. But it's straight in country. Yeah, and it is. I am not a country fan at all. Mm-hmm. And the violin dominates this song. Oh, yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a song for the hill people. The music of the inbred. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can tell it's the same song as Honky Tonk Women, right? But it's oh, yeah. done in a country way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot slower. The only thing I do like about this is in the middle, there's some or from mm-hmm. the first to the middle, there's some good acoustic strumming in it that I really mm-hmm. like. Yeah. But if they would have added some more banjo to it, it could have been bluegrass. Yeah. yeah. I I dislike this song heavily. So this, this was yeah. released actually five months after Honky Tonk Women came out. Well, you're Honky- not, yeah, you're not hill people from <laughs> Appalachia. Well, I'm, I'm guessing not, but I dislike this song. And I think that it could have been discluded from this album. I I just mm-hmm. I can handle a tiny bit of country feel to things, but this one was way too much for me, and yeah. it's a, it's a skipper. She blew my nose, and then she blew my mind. And in this version, you kind of think he's talking about his sister. It could could be. I that's kind of where I'm going with it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not you know I love honky tonk women the song, and it mm-hmm. does have a little country to it, but it's got the rock and roll. This, to me, is the worst parts of that song. Yeah. And, and it just doesn't do it for me. So mm-hmm. so we go on to the next song, uh, Live With Me. It's another song written by Jagger and Richards. Um, this was actually the first song mm-hmm. they recorded with Mick Taylor when he came on board after replacing Brian Jones. So oh. you've got Nicky Hopkins playing piano on this one again. Uh, mm-hmm. Saxophone is Bobby Keys, which I'm going to go straight into it. Um I like the bass intro. I really do like yeah. it. And I like when the guitar kicks in. It's got a really good mm-hmm. beat to it. Um, it's got good guitar accents throughout. I like all that. Mm-hmm. All that. My one complaint about this song is, is I don't... The saxophone. phone. Yeah. Yeah. They do the solo in the middle of the song with the saxophone. If they <laughs> would have replaced that with a good guitar solo... Yeah it would have been a much better song. I like the mm-hmm. song layout. I like the rhythm of it. I like pretty much everything about it except the saxophone. So Bobby Keys. Yeah. It's kind of funny his name's Bobby Keys. Shouldn't he be mm-hmm. playing a piano with the name Maybe Bobby Keys? Nicky Hopkins needs to change places with Bobby Keys. Maybe it'll be a different song. Definitely be a different song if they did that. Well, uh, Keith Richards needs to stay on the guitar, though. He is, it, it, this is some excellent guitar. Yeah. So I, good that I wrote it down on my notes. Good well, guitar. Well, and I like the guitar as well, and that's why I think they kind of blew it with a saxophone mm-hmm. solo. It just doesn't yeah. seem to fit in. And 
Now, it seems like they're in some of these songs, they're throwing in other instruments because they want to throw in other sounds. Well, and I think that was kind of the the sign of the times as well that you're seeing a lot of, you know, you see now with the Beatles a ton, yeah. a lot of experimentation. Yeah, know, the trying sitar. To get different sounds, yeah, things mm-hmm. like that. But so, yeah, I just the, do the not... The saxophone is not the... Um, the sitar of the inbred no and I'm, I'm just not a huge sax fan unless it's played right <laughs> but if they would have taken this song and recorded it with guitar over that sax solo i think it would have been an excellent <laughs> song because other than that it's it's a great song i agree because uh, keith richards boy, he can play a guitar yeah he's he's an excellent guitar player <laughs> even though he is dead yeah may his soul rest in peace and his body continued to play for another 10 years or 15 years. I wonder, you know, it must have been when he, did he ever snort his father's ashes? I know Maybe. he wanted to, but. Hey, man, his father's a hell of a drug. I guess so. <laughs> so we move on to the next song. Uh, it's the title track, Let It Bleed. Yeah. Um, another song written by Jagger and Richards. Um, another song that I don't know by the title, but I know this song. You know the song, yeah. yeah. Because this is, we all need someone we can lean on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it gets a little dirtier in that, though, too, doesn't it? It, it, this is a very sexual song, <laughs> overtly sexual. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah. it's got a good acoustic sound mm-hmm. to it. Um, it's kind of country a little bit in it, yeah. but, but I don't mind it because they're not overwhelming it with a violin or anything like that. You know, yeah. you've, funny enough, you've got piano um, on this song, but yeah. Ian Stewart plays piano, not Nan, uh, oh, really? not Nicky Hopkins. Yeah, and I oh. don't know if that's because he wasn't available or what. I yeah. have no idea, but. Um, you know, the one thing I can say about this song is I think if they would have done this version even a little heavier, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been an absolute... Because I like the song, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if it was heavier uh-huh. and a little faster, I think this could have been an amazing song. I think I think so. This uh, It's a little too in-your-face, overtly sexual. I think if they would have... Uh, gone a little heavier and a little bit uh, harder with it than you would have you would have cloaked and put a little bit more mystery into the music well see that's where you go with your you being a lyric guy again I am which, a lyric which, guy. <laughs> which i'm not at all yeah um but it's got a lot of drug and sex references you know oh, i yeah. mean like coke and sympathy mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh junkie nurse and mm-hmm. cream on me and i'll cream on you mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah you know, uh, there's let's see. She he says, um, but let's see some of the lyrics. My breasts are always open, hmm. and there's always a space in my parking lot. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, th- I'm this sure is they're just talking about at the shopping center. Bullshit. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, well, and then, then like it gets real nasty. He says we all need someone. We all need someone we can bleed on. Bleed yeah. on me. Yeah. You're going to get hepatitis that way. Well, it wasn't as big of a deal back then. You know, everybody had hepatitis back then. Overall, though, this is a good song. Mm-hmm. It's got some good acoustic sound to it. I like the piano in it. Yeah. Even though it's got a little country to it, and I don't like country, it's enough rock and roll that it, it kind of masks that up. I just, it would be nice to see a heavier version of this because mm-hmm. I do like the rhythm of the song. Yeah. It's a it's a good song. It it closes out side one, and mm-hmm. you know pretty strong side really. I, I it really is. I I know. Um, let's see, two thirds of the songs on this album. 
You just don't know them by their names. I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know most of them by their names. Even the ones I know, I don't know by their names. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people would be. I, yeah. I think side one is very strong, except Country Honk. I think mm-hmm. that was left off. Uh, or well, It was written by Honkies, uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. I guess so. They're honkies. I think if they would have put Honky Tonk Woman on this, that would have oh, yeah. pushed that, this. That'd be better. Yeah, I mean, that would have been amazing. Of course, they'd already released it, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we open up side two. We flip it over and listen to this clear vinyl, which was kind of interesting. I have this in black vinyl as well, mm-hmm. and I don't know why we didn't listen to that one, but... I don't know, but um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So... This is a train song. Midnight Rambler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very... Another one of their popular songs. I really like the guitar intro on this, mm-hmm. and... When the bass kicks in, it's got a really catchy bass beat yeah. to it. Um, another song written by Jagger and Richards, and according to lore, uh, it's kind of a semi-biography of Albert DeSalvo. Um, he's the mm-hmm. one who confessed to being the Boston Strangler. Yeah. And, and you catch a little bit of that in here if you really look at the lyrics. You have to yeah. look at the lyrics because to hear mm-hmm. the lyrics is pretty tough on this one. Yeah, you, you can't understand a dang thing that Mushmouth is saying. No, you can't. Um, and but there's he, a, he, he does mention the strangler. He does. Yeah. Towards the end, he does. There's that whole section mm-hmm. where he says, don't you do that, don't you do that, don't you do that. And it kind of mm-hmm. slows down. Don't do that, don't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. and. And I, I like the way this song slows down and then yeah. speeds back up. Th- this song is a train ride uh, going from one station to the next. It, yeah. re- it really is. It, yeah. Because it... It, it sounds like... I mean, it has the the rhythm and the beat of a train. It does. Uh, yeah. and Because uh, it yeah. does. It, it slows down mm-hmm. to such a slow beat, but then it picks then back up. It picks up, back you know? up and accelerates again. Yep. But if, if you really want to know what the lyrics are on this song you're gonna mm-hmm. have to follow them along look them up online or something because it's hard to catch what he's saying in the song if you don't know yeah and uh, this is uh the song this is the point in in my notes where i actually wrote down noting that uh mick jagger and keith richards had written most of these songs I'm curious to know if they were both holding the pencil at the same time while they were writing. I don't think so. I think a lot of songs, uh, I think they worked in a way that the Beatles did a little bit with Mm -hmm. Lennon and McCartney. I think that, you know, Richards would write a lot of the lyrics or whatever, or Mm -hmm. vice versa. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm sure some of these Rolling Stones experts out here are going to scream at me because I don't. You know, I don't know exactly how it works. Set, set us straight. Send an email. We want to know, is Keith Richards the lyrics guy or is um, uh, Mick Jagger the lyrics guy? And see, I think with the Stones, it doesn't really matter because I can't hardly understand any of the lyrics. Well, that's because of Mushmouth. Well, yeah, but you don't mean that in a bad way. No. It's in a good way because I love Jagger singing. Yeah, that you know, ma- that Mushmouth is a million dollar Mushmouth. More yeah. than a million dollar, but at least five million dollars. So this yeah. is a pretty long song. It's almost seven minutes long. It really it's, is, yeah. it's the second longest song on the album. Um, and famously, Jagger plays the harp on this song as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Because he, he's got the harmonica in there. Yeah, but he plays harp as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's a good song. I, I really enjoy this song. I love the yeah. way it speeds up and speed and slows down, and mm-hmm. it's it's always been one of my favorite uh, yeah. songs. Jacker's a very talented guy, especially with the harmonica and the harp, uh, both of them. 
this song, uh, listen to it, listen, that, that's one thing I did notice about the music is that the harmonica, I mean, there's tons of people that incorporate the harmonica into their music, but, uh, Jagger really knows how to play the harmonica. Yeah, and it's not overdone, you know, like when we go back yeah. to the earlier song where, you know, the saxophone to me was overdone. Mm-hmm. It, the harp and the harmonica are not overdone in this song. No, they, it, they fit perfectly, especially and that, that especially with a train song like this. And it's very intentional that this was a train song. Yeah, and it, it's, it's always been one of my, mm-hmm. you know, in my top tier of favorite Rolling Stones songs. Mm-hmm. And and I, I was reading the lyrics uh, on my phone as we were listening to it. And, you know, I've listened to this song thousands of times mm-hmm. and I, I didn't even know some of the lyrics and even as i was reading them i didn't understand them so yeah well once again Mushmouth uh wrote it so. yeah now you may want to rename him because you might offend someone calling him Mushmouth. Oh, sounds I'm, like I'm, you're being yeah um how about lips <laughs> let's call him lips, Big lips yeah <laughs> so that moves us into the next song uh you got the silver uh, yeah. this is another song written by jagger and richards and this is the first song to feature Keith Richards as the lead vocal all the way throughout the song. He'd sing, sang some huh. vocals on some other songs, but he sings through this. And, you know, I didn't even know it was him, you know, because he does sound like Jagger a lot on this. He really does. Uh, I, I think especially for a casual Rolling Stones fan, mm-hmm. wouldn't you know, wouldn't think any different of it. And if you've seen Keith Richards, he does not have the lips. No, he doesn't have lips. Yeah. Not at all. Um, but this is another Louisiana ballad um, for the inbred, so the people of the hill country will love it. And how do you think? How do you think these Louisiana, as you call them, songs make their way to a British rock group? That's the real thing. That, that that's the real puzzling question for me. Is you know what's the fascination here? Because these are very much like songs for people of color. Well, and I can tell you, you know, all the British groups, especially the early 60s, adored and worshipped the blues. Is that what they are? Yeah, and that's where a lot of this comes from. Um, I I guess that's where the uh, rock and roll comes from. Well, it really is, you know. This apparently was written about Keith Richards' uh, girlfriend at the time, Anita Pallenberg. Mm -hmm. Um, And they famously did record this first with uh, Mick Jagger singing it, and there's some controversy on... Well, did he not finish it, or did they not like it? But there, I guess there's some, you know, quite a few people out there that can confirm that no, they meant for Keith Richards to sing this song. You know, they tried it with Jagger, mm-hmm. and they just didn't like the way it turned out. And of course, it was. I'm assuming Richards, if it was mm-hmm. about his girlfriend, he's the lyric guy behind this, so sure. it, so it does make sense for him yeah, to sing it. Maybe he's singing more from the heart. Yeah, and Brian Jones, uh, this is the very last song he played on. Mm-hmm. He played the auto harp on this song, and so, you know, before his death, this was the last song he participated on with the Rolling Stones. I guess that, that would be right. Um, it's a nice song, uh, a little softer than uh, some of the other more bluesy yeah, songs. Yeah, it, it's kind of slow, but it's yeah. a decent song. Once mm-hmm. again, it's got Nicky Hopkins on piano and organ on this one as well. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it's a good song it's yeah. i mean it's a good album track you know we mm-hmm. wouldn't see it released as a single wouldn't see it becoming a super popular song but a 
you know, mm-hmm. a dedicated Stones fan is going to like it and going to like it for what it is with for Richard's sure. first vocal performance on it and everything. And mm-hmm. it, it's a good song. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I like it. So that moves us on to what I think is probably my favorite song on the album is Monkey Man. Yeah. Um, I've liked this song for years and years. Um, another Jagger and Richards composition. Uh, supposedly mm-hmm. it was some kind of tribute song to an Italian pop artist named Mario Schifano. Of course. And I don't even know what that means, but... Yeah. You know, again, it's got Nicky Hopkins on piano again, mm-hmm. and I really love the intro to this song. Mm-hmm. It's just got the little piano intro, and then once yeah. the guitar kicks in, it's it's kind of a heavy song mm-hmm. uh, for what it is, you know? And yeah. I've, I've just always liked this song. What are your thoughts on it? This is a good rock and roll. Um, in fact, I wrote down in my notes, I said, is this the first rock and roll song on this album? Um, looking back, I realized that it's not the first rock and roll song on the album. There's been some others, but, uh, uh, coming off of you just got the, or you got the silver, which is very country. Um, yeah, you, you had your palate cleansed a yeah, little bit exactly. there. This one's like, you know, this is kind of refreshing. It's a good song. And, uh, Mick Jagger is a monkey. Now, once again, I'm ticking everybody off. Yeah, and all, the, he all his friends... said fr- so. And all his friends are junkies. <laughs> yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what that has to do with this Italian pop artist, but... Yeah, Mario you know, Schifano. Maybe, maybe they're singing it in a third person. I don't yeah. know. It, well, obviously, we all know who Mario Schifano is. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guitars are good and heavy throughout. I really enjoy mm-hmm. the guitars at the end of this song. And, yeah. and Mick Jagger just screaming at the end that he's a monkey you know mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> this is just a good all-around song and i i think uh, this is a concert song yeah uh, this is a song where when you go to the rolling stone concert you want to see Mick Jagger and what he's doing while well, he's and screaming I, and I'm i want a monkey and i wonder if the stones play this you know there's a lot of songs because they've got so many there's a lot, lot they don't play in concert. Yeah. I, if anyone knows, write into us and let us know. Do they yeah. play this song in concert? And, and you know, once again, this is uh, album number eight for for the uh, Rolling Stones. So yeah, it might be that this one never made it on stage. Yeah, well, and I I'm not you know as much as I like the Stones, I'm pretty familiar with most of their albums. I'm not that dedicated fan that knows mm-hmm. all their recording processes. I don't know every song yeah. they play live, but I know with you know, over 350 songs that they've recorded that there's probably quite a few of them that don't get played live. And, yeah, you know, so it'd be interesting to know, but I really like Monkey Man and it's probably the song mm-hmm. I've known the longest off this album. I knew this before I ever listened to the album. Wow. I've known this song since I was a little kid. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good song and, and Oh, little kids love monkeys. Yeah. Probably yeah. my favorite. Yep. So, so that, that gets us to the last song. Mm-hmm. You can't always get what you want. Triumphant finish. Yes. And a lot of people have said this was kind of the Stones' reply to the Beatles. Hey, Jude, you know, kind of that long. Because yeah. this, is, this is the longest song at about seven and a half minutes on this album. Mm-hmm. It finishes out the album. Um, and Hey, Jude had been out. It was a long kind of... Yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know, for as long of a song as this is, it's a... <laughs> A lot easier t- for me listening to. Um, you can't always get what you want repeated three times rather than 
La, 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 hey Jude. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, hey Jude's got your first couple verses, and then for five minutes, yeah. Na, 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 na. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like this song, song's intro. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the choral the, entrance. The yeah. acoustic intro is amazing mm-hmm. on it. I'm, I'm saying the acoustic, oh, the, so. Yeah. Yeah, it starts with the London Bach choir mm-hmm. opens up and it, it has madeline bell doris troy and annette newman singing on it from ah, what I, and what i it, thought it was children that's yeah. what it said in the album yeah so that's even better but the Lud, london bach choir but then i like the acoustic guitar intro that kind yeah. of kicks in after that mm-hmm. it's it's another song you know written by jagger and richards mm-hmm. um rolling stone ranked this i think as high as i think i seen a number hundred in the top 500 songs of all time. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, this is kind of a... I mean, this is kind of an epic Rolling Stone song, Yeah, right? this is an extremely popular song. Yeah. Um, you've got Al Cooper, who is a famous musician from Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He plays mm-hmm. a piano and organ on this one and the French horn. Oh, wow. Um, so he, he had a lot to... See that that's a, that's a good point, and I didn't even know that there was a French horn in this because that's how well it fit in. Yeah, it, it didn't stand out. And you know, you know I said I I know I said there was no singles released mm-hmm. on this, but they did release this as a B side to the Honky Tonk Woman. Oh, in July of '69. That's fitting. But then they released it as a single in 1973 so not not as part as the album but just they Mm -hmm. decided to release it as a single and it reached number 42 on the billboard top 100 which seems kind of low for this song yeah i I guess people just weren't ready in 1969 for this i i don't know what it is maybe they weren't ready in 1973 for this but well it's funny (laughs) as we review these these songs that we're still hearing you know go to our other episodes or the ones yeah we're going to release soon as well as you hear these songs that you consider epic masterpieces and you still hear them on multiple radio stations to this day. And mm-hmm. then you look at what happened when they were released, say in 1960s or seventies or whatever, and they didn't do that well. And it's, it's kind of surprising because some songs, you know, not only stand the test of time, but, and not only hold up, but they seem to shine more as time goes by. And then mm-hmm. some songs that were super, super popular, just, don't get any radio play nowadays and yeah. aren't popular it's 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 amazing and I, I don't know what it is or what makes it that way but it's this this out this song but this whole album as well yeah. holds up really well it really does uh a thing i like about this song is um they do sing three times over you can't always get what you want and then they follow it up with but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four verses in this song. The first one's about seeing a lady at the reception who mm-hmm. she's got like a glass of champagne or something, and uh, he's. It sounds like he's you know hesitant to approach her, even though he wants to. Uh, then it looks like number uh, the second verse is going to a demonstration, so some sort of a protest. Um, because you know you all of these things you're trying to get what you want so he wants uh maybe this lady's number you go to a protest you want to get what it is that you're protesting about then number three you go to the drugstore to pick up a prescription 
And that's about the time that it starts getting a little funny. <laughs> well, you know what this reminds me of, and I don't mean to keep harkening back to the Beatles, but you, you read, mm-hmm. or I mean, you listen to A Day in the Life that was written by John Lennon, and he's yeah. reading all these articles out of mm-hmm. the newspaper. It kind of reminds me of that. It's almost like the day in the life of someone, you yeah. know, was this Keith Richards or Mick Jagger, what they were doing during that day, and that's they're actually like, writing yeah. it down, you know. I mean, you know, here you go diving into the lyrics. Yeah. And and then the number lyric number four or verse number four, um, he goes to another reception, and this is where he comes up to deceptive Mary, with the uh, blood stains on her hands. Yeah, hey, you know, hey, you're gonna get what you need. <laughs> I guess so. I, you know, funny enough, on this song, uh, Jimmy Miller is on the drums instead of Charlie Watts, and I I don't know why huh. I was reading that in the liner notes, and I I don't know why that is, but I'm sure. Once again, Rolling Stones fans are yelling at me for not knowing, but yeah. interesting. You're, you're not getting your deep dives here, guys. So sorry, we're just having a good time reviewing some excellent albums. Well, and we've listened to them. I've listened to this album for years and years, but you mm-hmm. know, like I said, it's a different thing when you sit down and say you're going to review it, and you yeah. really start listening to these parts. Like in the second verse of this, I believe it's some maracas that come in. Mm-hmm. And I love the use of those in this. It sounds good. It's just kind of in the background instead Mm -hmm. of straight up front, you know. And sometimes when you overbear with certain instruments, it's it's just too much. Mm -hmm. But this song is a beautiful song. Yeah. You don't need to know the lyrics. You don't need to. You know, it's just a good song. Yeah. It's got a good feel to it. I mean, even as far as the lyrics go, it's just got a a a very quotable message in its. chorus yeah it does yeah you can't always get what you want but you know try sometimes and you might find you get what you need well and it's probably no more true than that is it that's right so what are your overall thoughts of let it bleed you know this was a really good album better than i expected really um yeah i mean i'm not a big rolling stones fan what were you expecting because you know here here's another interesting is when tyler comes over and we listen to the album he doesn't know what album we're listening to until i pull it out and throw Mm -hmm. it on the turntable i was expecting more rock and roll less i i didn't realize there was going to be so much blues and so much country in this well the stones are very blues based yeah and i I get that now you know i I think the difference between them and the beatles they're both blues based but the beatles Mm -hmm. are definitely more blues pop based yeah and the stones are more blues rock and roll based yeah for sure uh both of them very important in their area obviously Mm -hmm. and you know and i think that's what made both bands popular is Mm -hmm. even though they were friends people like you know history likes to stake them against each other like you I know, know I do. <laughs> like the bands didn't like yeah. each other, but they all hung out. They were friends. They, <laughs> you know, I like pitting them against each other. Like you know, mom and dad. Mom says I can't go <laughs> sleep over at that kid's house. I'm gonna go ask dad. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's just great we have both bands, mm-hmm. and not just those two bands, but all the bands that that yeah. were around. But you know, I give this album a nine out of a ten. Mm-hmm. What would you give it? Um. I think nine's a bit high. Uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight. Yeah, I, it's it's really good um, rock and roll. Um, a lot of blues in it. Um, too much country for my taste. And see, but, I don't think there's too much country. I think country honk mm-hmm. is the only yeah. song that's country. Yeah, I think the other ones maybe borderline country honk. Mm-hmm. Not only is it in the title, but it, 
the song is just straight country with that yeah. overbearing overbearing violin. The violin. Yeah. And you know, I rate all the song. You know, there's some mm-hmm. album tracks and there's some good, you know, radio play songs. Yeah. Country honk to me needs to be thrown out on this. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't replaced with something else. I think it would strengthen the album. Oh, absolutely it would. And, um, yeah, this, overall, this album needs to be bumped up higher on, and maybe, I don't know, is Rolling Stone the magazine, is that affiliated with the Rolling Stones? No. Group? I, okay, I didn't know. I was wondering if maybe they were being modest and didn't want to toot their own horn too much, although they tooted the crap out of that saxophone. Um, yeah. Well, and that, you know, if I was to go, I would probably rate this a 10 out of 10 album mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Country Honk and if it wasn't for the saxophone in, yeah. uh, what was it in Live With Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. I got my notes right here. No, that's right. It was uh, Live With Me had the saxophone in it. Yeah. And like I said, I actually really like that song. Mm-hmm. I just wish they would have done a guitar solo. Yeah. The saxophone just kind of dra- drowned it out for me. Really? That's all that they needed to do? Because, I mean, the guitar was the best. Then they had the piano. Then they had the sexy phone down the bottom. But overall, a very good album. I'd suggest Excellent anyone album. that hasn't listened to it to go listen to it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, most people have heard Gimme Shelter. Most people have heard Can't Always Get What You Want. You know. Yeah. And... Probably have heard Midnight <laughs> Rambler, I'm sure. But... The album is a good a good listen. You know, I always have it on repeat while I'm working and things. I I like the album. So go give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Let it bleed. Yep, let it bleed. And so that's it for us tonight here at Classic Vinyl Podcast. But once again, if you would like us to review an album from the Classic Vinyl area. Area? Did I say area? Era. Yeah, era. you said area. Okay. Well, same. That's okay. It's... Isn't it an area? Yeah. Oh, okay. So... If, but I'll tell you, we, we've uh, told people to send emails like three or four times throughout this episode. What email do they need to send it to, let's Justin? Do, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, comments, review requests, you want to yell at us for what we don't know yeah. or what we've said I'm wrong. I'm so ignorant. That's fine. Send us an email to classicvinylpodcast at gmail.com. We're available on all popular podcasting platforms. And we're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter. So reach out to us. And we've got a lot of good albums ready to go. And, you know, any suggestions you guys ha- have would uh, definitely be, well, we would consider them. Let's put yeah. it that way. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you taking your time to listen to us. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends.